In early 2020, the world hit pause and all of a sudden life is very different for all of us. You may be struggling, you may be hopeful, you may be experiencing a variety of emotions and circumstances, but wherever you're at, it's worth taking a moment to reflect on what used to matter, what matters now, and what we'd like our world to look like when we press play again. Join me and let's explore this together. I'm Cara McCullough, and this is What's Important Now. I'm here today with Gordon Mullen, um, who is joining us from the UK. So we had a guest from the US last week, Azul Taronis, and now we've got a guest from the UK. I wonder where our next guest is going to come from. It's very exciting. Guests from all over the world. Hi, Gordon. Hello then. I was going to say good morning. It's good morning for me. It's not good morning for you. I should be used to this. My family live in New Zealand. Yeah. So your wife is from New Zealand. Is that right? No, she's not. But it was my family that emigrated and left me behind. So uh, wow. we're not originally native to, to New Zealand. Um, uh, we can go through the story of how that came about if you want. But uh, yeah, so sure. we're, we're both English. Oh, okay. Radio. Yeah, well, we can talk about whatever you like. Um, but why we're here today is the whole idea is to get as many different voices from different people on the show and talk about what's important now as opposed to what might have been important prior to the pandemic. So, Gordon, tell me a little bit about you. Okay. So, my professional background is as a business analyst. I am an analyst by both birth and training, effectively. That, that's kind of the way my brain is wired. For those of you who have no idea what a business analyst is, uh, essentially I act, I used to describe it as being as an interpreter. So I would sit between, you know, a software development team and the business, and I would help the business figure out what they needed. And then I would, I used to say, translate that into what the software development team was going to build. I don't describe my job that way anymore. I describe myself as a facilitator. My job is to help the business and the development team understand each other so well and talk to each other so well that they don't need me anymore. That's that's kind of where I see myself. So that's my professional background. Um, yeah. But I have always, uh, through my life, had interests in lots of different things. Um, I have uh, very often had some form of side hustle going on. Uh, so over time, uh, with my first wife, we owned and ran a complimentary health and beauty clinic. I have built websites. I've done SEO. I've done copywriting. I've done small business marketing. Uh, with my current wife, um, we do property investment and development. We own and run a franchise. Um, and my current uh, passion, um, and has been for a number of years now, is teaching entrepreneurs how to do what they do over video so their businesses can survive and thrive online. And I've been, I started off by teaching my colleagues how to do what I do because my current day job, I live and breathe uh, remote work. I live and breathe being on, you know, doing stuff online and building large and complex systems and collaborating when you're not in the same room. And I took what I learned there, coached my colleagues first, then my company's clients, and I'm now teaching external people as well. And that that's what my real passion is. I love talking about how you can connect and create rapport online. Wow, you're certainly up to a lot. <laughs> I mean, you must be very busy. So 
Okay, so I get I'm really getting a picture of what was really important to you before all this went down. And what I'm hearing is that you actually really love having many irons in the fire. Would that be right? That's absolutely right. Yes. Yeah. So, okay. So tell me about your experience when um, the lockdown started happening and everyone started staying home. What was that like for you? Okay. So in some respects, it was business as usual. Um, as I say, because for my uh, my day job, I spend huge amounts of my time every day working with people who aren't in the same room as me. The fact that I happen to be at home rather than in my company office or my client office in terms of my organization side of things makes no difference. Um, the things that I've noticed on that side of things is that, and this is for our organization, some of our clients are more used to that than others. You know, they may be used to having a remote development team. They're not used to all being at home themselves and scattered and not actually being able to go and sit in a meeting room somewhere. So um, that's been a noticeable change. Obviously, I'm now at home all the time. And one of the huge benefits for me of this is that my current client, um, the corporate client that I've been working for, it's a four and a half hour round trip to get from my house to their office and back again. So it's, you know, the fact that I'm saving four and a half hours commute every day, that's a big win. Um, yeah. so, that's, so that's really good. Um, obviously, it, the other side is that uh, sort of on the downsides, my wife and I are both dancers. I mean, again, something else that we, we do. Uh, it's a hobby. But obviously, yeah. you, you, yeah, so we, um, uh, I've been dancing modern jive for, oh, hell. 26 years now would you believe I actually taught dance for 12 years um not as a full-time job just as a as sort of an evening thing um and um, I've been dancing modern blues for about 10 years now um my wife also dances jive and blues and she also was teaching uh, Argentine tango um wow. obviously dance is one of those things that you can't do when social distancing is around um, it is very difficult to, to do um, partner dance yeah. and especially the sort of particularly the blues side of things, which is, is absolutely up close um, when, when you're dancing. So that's been a real loss for us. That's our, um, our main hobby, our main exercise, our main social outlet in terms of seeing friends is going out and doing dancing. So we're, we're really, really missing that. Um, but we have found some ways around it to an extent. Uh, we obviously have a number of friends who are dance organizers and I've actually helped uh, a number of them run dance freestyles online, which sounds really weird because people can't actually dance together. But obviously some people are locked down at home with their partner who does dance. So like, I'm yeah. very fortunate with Ruth, we can dance. Um, but just helping them sort of set up the audio and the video and actually one of them um, we've never actually got to go to the, the physical freestyle, but because now it's run online, we've actually been able to, to join in and listen to the music that her and, and her DJs play. Um, we've had the disco lights set up in the kitchen. We've had the webcam set up. So we've been dancing in the kitchen and we've been chatting and um, sort of dancing independently with people the other side of the screen as well. So, you know, that, that, but we, we miss the physical closeness. We miss the actually seeing the, the friend side of things. Again, family, they live in New Zealand. I, I, this is how I interact with them normally. So again, no change on that one. Um, but my wife's uh, family, uh, she, she's 
got um, sort of elderly parents. Um, her mother, unfortunately, is a ca in a care home uh, and really not very well at the moment. So that's that's really quite hard is not being able to go and see them, go and spend time with them, go and comfort them with, with everything that's going on at the moment. So there's some things haven't changed um, because that's kind of how I'm used to doing stuff. But some stuff, you know, we've missed that physical aspect. We miss that physical aspect. So what's your reaction like when so our chief health officer got on um, a press conference the other day and said, mm. oh, well, social distancing is just going to become a way of life. Everyone's just going to have to get used to being, to, to living life differently and being apart from people. So what do you have to say about that? Short answer, I really hope that's not true. Um, I, understand, I understand the necessity for it whilst we don't have an adequate means of containing it, you know, getting that, that transmission rate down. Um, but I really do hope that once we uh, manage to create a vaccine for it um, and that we actually have sufficient immunity um, within the, the community for that, that we can go back to actually being able to hug other people. You know, I'd say certainly I would be, it would break my heart if we were never able to to go back to dancing. As I say, you can't you can't dance up close with you know go to a freestyle and dance with you know dozens of different people during the course of an evening. Um, if social distancing is in place, that that just wouldn't wouldn't work. Yeah, I mean, how would people be expected to meet other people? How would people like it? Just it it just sort of goes against everything we are as human beings, don't you think? Absolutely, like we're just drawn to be connected yeah, yeah. human human yeah. touch is, is hugely important yeah that 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 physical proximity uh, i think it would be massively detrimental and we're i mean we're already seeing this you know with the effect that it's having on people's mental health um being locked down at home being isolated from other human beings we are social animals you know by by nature all right you know some of us are more introverted or extroverted yeah. but as a sweeping generalization you know we are a social species uh, and i think not being able to to be social not being able to be physically close to to people um, and i think having that level of anxiety and stress put on you know it's you know by by touching somebody am i going to catch something am i potentially going to give them something are, are they then going to you know give it to an elderly parent and and cause them yeah. issue or, or whatever yeah. yeah. I mean, props to you, though, for establishing a way to interact with people and dance with people and um, online, like I do an online Zumba class and um, we've had some connectivity issues. I've had some, yeah, so that's been an interesting experience. But for the main part, I had a good workout. I still managed to to have some fun and even though I couldn't see everybody because everyone was muted or the cameras were off, I still knew that they were there and there was something like yeah. 50 people doing the same class. As I just saw a news article just the other day and they were they already kind of had this model anyway, but it gives you an idea of the demand for it. Peloton, the the sort of online cycling class. Yeah, the they ran a, yeah. They ran a, a live streaming class. This is a single class with 23,000 participants. Wow. 23,000 23, participants. So how is that even possible? <laughs> because their platform is set up for it. They are it is designed, I mean their their whole business is live streaming exercise classes. 
you know, so you can yeah. sit on your exercise bike at home and do it. Um, so, so yes, I mean, I actually worked with um, an exercise instructor. She teaches a uh, broga um, rather than yoga. I'm not sure whether that's sort of yoga for male broga. hipster, yoga for hipsters, bro yoga. Oh, so I don't know. Guys. Uh, but it's bro not. It's, I mean, it was actually all all women that was on was on the class, um, and she teaches okay. this, this high intensity uh, interval training stuff as well. Um, but I'm seeing a lot of people doing this and we, we see it on the TV as well. And you get instructors who are basically they've set their laptop up in their room. They've got music playing in the room and they're shouting over the music at the laptop. I don't know whether that's how your Zumba instructor is doing it. Um, and it, shan- it sounds fairly shocking most of the time. So um, there's, there's mm. definitely but there's definitely better and relatively simple ways of doing that. Like when you think about it, so the thing that occurred to me was, you know, if you want to go and try something different, but, you know, there's that social thing of like, oh, I've got to show up and people are going to look at me and um, going to meet new people and, mm-hmm. you know, that can be quite daunting, right? Mm, okay. So it's that experience of well, I can just try it without anyone. No one has to know. I mean, do you think that that's maybe a hidden advantage to everything we're experiencing at the moment? Uh, a little. I, I think, uh, again, I'll go back to the, the dance example where I said this particular organiser, because of where she is, it's really too far for us to go, certainly during the week, for an evening, uh, sort of a, a weekend uh, sort of evening, maybe. Um, so there's some things that we've been able to go to, uh, property networking events. Again, I've been facilitating moving quite a number of these online as well. Um, so there's ones there where they are simply too far away to to go just for a couple of hours for the evening and then come back. So we've actually, or I've been attending events that I wouldn't otherwise have attended because of this. Um, and I think because people have got the time and they are looking for ways to connect and ways to keep themselves busy and, and new skills to learn or, or new hobbies to develop. Mm. Um, so I think there is absolutely an element of, of going and doing that. Um, I always think it's a little bit of a shame when people uh, don't take that opportunity to broaden their, their network and broaden their social network and social connections as well. But I, I and I, as I say, because I coach in this stuff, what I get a lot when I say to people, you know, one of the first things, turn your camera on. Um, <laughs> it took me ages to realize why people don't like turning their camera on. And for yeah. most people, it has absolutely nothing to do with the fact that other people can see them. That's not yeah. the problem. It's the fact they can see themselves. That's what's really the issue. Mm. Because if I if I was talking to you face to face, or talking to anybody face to face. And whilst you were talking, I was holding up a mirror so that you could see what you looked like while you were talking to me. I pretty much guarantee that you would get so <laughs> distracted and, and off put by it that you would just kind of go, I, 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 I just don't want to talk to you anymore. That's so true. Or then you, and, know, you scratch your nose and yeah, then you want you, to. You don't think about what you look like whilst you're talking to people. You don't think about. So, yes, you don't think about what you do and the fact you're kind of picking your nose or, or scratching your ear or, or whatever, um, or the fact you, know, you, you didn't brush your hair before you, you went out in the house in the morning. That's what people want to see. <laughs> the, for me, yes, absolutely. You know, I, 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 one of the things I say very regularly is, please just turn your camera on. It's like, I much prefer talking to living, breathing human beings, not disembodied voices. <laughs> you know, we, we, we want to, to, to connect. We want, we're social species. So doing that. So for a lot of people, I say to them, look, whatever platform you're using, I mm. like Zoom personally, 
in most of the platforms and certainly in Zoom, there is an option to hide yourself view. It doesn't turn your camera off for the people can still see you, but you can no mm -hmm. longer see yourself. For most people, that solves the problem because very mm -hmm. quickly they kind of forget there's a camera there and they just go back to talking to the people they're talking to. It's all about being being real and being human. I think one of the great positives again out of this is that when you're seeing you know people being interviewed live on the, the national news or you're having a video call with you know your ceo or something like that and suddenly you know the dog jumps on them or the, the kid jumps on them or whatever um <laughs> yeah. and i think people are becoming much more tolerant and much more accepting of the fact that we're all human beings we all have lives we all have stuff outside work that is very much a part of our our identity um, that perhaps we haven't shared with others and again it goes back to that psychological safety aspect seeing each other as 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 whole human beings you know with lives and interests and stuff that we care about um, and i know some people really like a very strong separation between work and 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 personal life you know they don't mind taking the work home but they don't want to bring the home to work and at the moment they have no choice but I think on balance in most situations, it's actually a positive because it helps you see that person as an individual and, and be much more tolerant of humanity generally, rather yeah. than seeing them as just a name on a screen or a role. You see them as a yeah. person. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like it's, it doesn't have to be perfect. It has to be human. And we're all, yeah. we're all really good at that. So yeah, I think that's a really awesome point. Thank you for sharing it. Yeah. So what's next for you? Like when all this is over, all is said and done and you can go back out into the world, like what's going to change for you going forward? Oh, I think for me, I want, you know, working from home doing, you know, uh, to be much more a part of what I do. If I could, and I've been very, you know, honest with this with my company as well you know if there was a way for me to simply do what I do from home um, full-time then that, that would suit me nicely uh, and I think for a lot of organizations they are re-examining um, whether they actually physically need people in an office so I think that would be a real real benefit I would well I, I am intending to do quite a lot more of the uh, the coaching side of things and, and teaching people how to you know, collaborate online and move stuff online and work with people that they aren't in the same space as. Um, and I think also uh, going back to, you know, what's important during the lockdown and what I hope will continue afterwards. I think we're seeing a lot of people going out and reconnecting with nature and seeing what's outside. And I know for some people, you know, they're not in a, a physical environment where they have access to that kind of space. We're very fortunate here um, that, the, the house that we live in is on the edge of a, a smallish village um, in, in the Midlands in England. We mm. can walk out of our front door. Literally, we've got fields outside our front door. Oh, uh, nice. So to be able to go and walk about and do that and enjoy that. And we've, we've actually explored areas of the village that we never had seen before because, you know, when, mm. you, when you are forced to be cooped up in the house all day, um, to be able to go out at least once a day and go out for a walk for half an hour, an hour, you kind of go, well, where does that path go? So mm. I, I definitely want to to keep that up, to keep that connection with, with nature up and to go out and walk more and explore more. But yeah, so I think 
being able to do more of, of the online stuff and not have to waste time and, and all the environmental you know aspects of, of travel as well um, I mean I don't want to stop travel completely again as I said my family live in New Zealand so um, yes I'm, I'm sorry for the carbon emissions but I do actually want to get the plane and go and see my family um, or perhaps if, he, if Elon Musk gets himself sorted out um, I'd very much like to jump on the starship and be able to go from London to Auckland in an hour that would be even better but oh, yeah. you know not yeah. not having to do four and a half hour round trip commutes not having to wedge myself into the London underground under somebody else's sweaty armpits um, would be absolutely fabulous you know if we, if we didn't have to do that so yeah, well, yeah. that's probably the main things yeah. and go dancing and go and go to, oh you can't yes get dance. back to dancing yes you know I, I, oh, I don't really want to be have to be dancing in a hazmat suit so um it, it gets sweaty yeah. enough as it is <laughs> I think I'd be drowning yeah. inside the hazmat suit I don't know it's it's funny how we we've complained a lot in the past about being disconnected because we've spent a lot of our lives online and yet I'm what really surprises me is noticing just how much of our lives is about connecting with other human beings in real life. Yeah. I just hadn't really thought about it that much until now. How about you? I probably had, again, for a number of reasons, partly being a dancer. I mean, again, particularly the, the nature of the style of dance that we do. Yes, people have gone there to dance with other people, so there's an element of of implied acceptance of what you're doing anyway you're not just walking up to a complete random stranger in the street and kind of going come here um yeah. but you you do need to <laughs> yeah well, well actually well some people do but again that's sort of in, invited um but uh, you know if you're going to spend three or four minutes dancing with somebody and you're going to be very much in their their personal space you know sort of a very close connection with them and not maybe somebody you have literally never met the ability to generate that trust and rapport without words is is really quite an important skill. So I, I understand the connection aspect from there. Um, I say having been a dance teacher and doing what I do in terms of coaching other people about building trust and rapport, I understand how important it is to build those connections quickly. I think when it's when you are forced to to be socially distant I don't really like the term socially distant I don't you and I are not being socially distant right now we're being very social um we're being yeah, we're being we're being physically right. distant it's a different thing yeah. we're actually being asking to, yeah. to physically distance exactly. not socially distance you're very right now that you think about it it's almost like an oxymoron social means together doesn't yeah. it or something like we are together we are alone together or together online or however you want to put it but ideally we are not socially distant from each other we're actually in some cases being more social I mean the number of people I've spoken to and the number of people that we're here saying I'm actually speaking to friends and family more regularly now mm -hmm. than I did when I had the option of physically going to see them it's this translation to online that's one of the things I talk about. The things that we just allow to happen accidentally, the conversations we allow to happen accidentally when we when we can be physically present with that person. So take an office environment, the, you know, the stereotypical water cooler conversations or the arriving at the office together or chatting to them in the lift on the way up or whatever. Those conversations happen by accident. When you are working remotely or you're collaborating remotely with somebody, you have to make all of that stuff very, very deliberate. You have to allocate time and space 
and remember to have those conversations. You'll see in your companies, you know, having happy hours, whether you like the concept or not, or sort of setting time aside for coffee or just simply allowing a few minutes at the start of a meeting for people just to have that little bit of a chit chat, the check in. How are you? How was your weekend? What did you do? How did you get on with that? Notice your kid was coughing yesterday. Are they OK? It's yeah. all of those little things that happen by accident when we are physically present with each other that need to become deliberate online. You've hit the nail on the head. It's deliberate. You've, you've got to make an effort online, whereas in natural life, it's those water cooler moments just happen. Yeah. Um, and we take them for granted. Yeah. And we don't realize how important they are until they're gone. Yeah. And all of a sudden, we're like, oh, I've got to make an effort. Yeah. And it really is an effort. Like we had happy hour for work and we um, were playing games on. I think it's Kaboom or some website mm. where you can play like trivia games and stuff. And we're all sitting there with our glasses of wine on Zoom or on Teams or whatever we were using and playing this game and cahoots, that's it. Um, that was a lot of fun, by the way. Yeah. It's, it's not quite the same. Like it was fun, but it's not quite the same as, you know, maybe having that experience of sitting around a board game or, um, yeah. you know, sitting in a pub having a few beers and, throwing peanuts and I don't know um do people do that these days I don't know I don't really go to pubs that much so <laughs> I'm not, I don't really know it's going to be interesting to see what stays after this mm. is over I know that our workplace is already talking about um you know maybe things might look a bit different because now they've tested the waters they've had to test the waters of everyone working remotely well, maybe people can work remotely more often. Maybe I don't know. Like yeah. it's and it, it's it more than it's more than just doing it more often. And again, this I hope is a positive thing that comes out of this because for some people, working from home or flexible working arrangements are not a matter of preference; they are a matter of necessity. So, if you are caring for you know an, an elderly or disabled family member, maybe you just need to look after the dogs and take them out for a walk, or maybe you have health issues yourself you know maybe sort of standing on the tube for half an hour you know it, it does your legs in you know and it's it's uncomfortable um so having that flexible working there as well but it then means actually when you remove location as a requirement suddenly you have access to potentially a global talent pool you know we we hear uh, one of the other roles that i have in my day job is i'm our uk coordinator for corporate and social responsibility so that's all the volunteering diversity and inclusion and all of that side of things and we know there's huge amounts of research showing that the more diverse your organization is in terms of race and gender and 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 sexuality and all of that sort of thing the the better the bottom line of your company there are genuine provable yeah financial benefits to having a more diverse workforce so suddenly when you remove location as a requirement if you've got somebody who is perhaps uh, i'm picking some simple stereotypes here but you know perhaps somebody using a wheelchair you know yeah. that, that can't physically travel to your office but they're brilliant in what they do suddenly if location is no longer a requirement you can employ them if you have somebody who has care requirements you can employ them if you have somebody from a different culture who has the experience that you need you can employ them and you don't need to pay relocation and they don't or they don't need to do long commutes suddenly you have access to a much more diverse workforce when location is no longer an, a, a factor yeah well it'll really be really really fascinating to see um you know what shifts for big corporations like the one i work for and to see what 
yeah, what comes out of all of this, it's definitely going to be different. I know yeah. that. So it opens up a whole bunch of new opportunities. Hey. Yeah, it does. I, I, I like to, to, to look on the positives. I like to look for the opportunities in this situation rather than the negatives. We had or have a huge number of stresses going on in, in our life, but sort of personally, financially, uh, sort of business stresses and things at the moment. And the, the lockdown is simply added to that, um, you know, property development projects that we need to complete that have, have stalled yeah, because the builders yeah. have gone into lockdown, you know, a house that we're trying, to, our house we're trying to sell that we can't sell, that property development we can't sell. So, you know, say my, my wife, parents, particularly a mother, you know, very poor health, can't go and see her. So there's, you know, and I've got a transgender son, so that, that's difficult as well, lots of stuff. Um, mm. But just trying to find those, those, the, the positive stuff in that but I think also for people not not forcing that because there is uh sometimes we feel a bit pressured to just kind of put a happy face on and and sort of you know just you know, only think positive thoughts and that's not the way yeah. human brain works <laughs> you know you, you, it's not it's not real life so you no. have to if stuff comes up for you and I I went through a very a very difficult time 10 years ago um I, I lost my marriage I lost my home I lost my job um, I was was staring into the abyss and onto antidepressants and called Samaritans a number of times. And I, I learned some techniques back then. Now we would just think talk about the properties of mindfulness. It's actually something called the Sedona method. But the yeah, techniques that I yeah, it's 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 fabulous. I really like it. Um, and I still use those techniques now and I use them to to help us cope with what's going on. So a large part of that centers around the fact that. Emotions are not inherently positive or negative. They are simply energy. The issue mm -hmm. comes when you try and either hold on to them or push them away and lock them down. Oh, wow. That's a whole, like, huge conversation, actually. Yeah, I'd, I'd be very happy to have yeah. a conversation about that because it, it, it's, yeah, it's hugely powerful. Yeah, but actually, if you create yeah. that pressure cooker situation, trying to suppress the negative or actually even trying to sort of tightly hang on to what we perceive to be positive either of those things cause problems mm. so simply allowing yourself to experience them and allow it just to flow through and the waves to rise and fall yeah. from an emotional perspective it's hard to do like yeah. I think we I know that I find that very hard I make myself very wrong when I have different emotional responses to things or mm. like even today I felt I was feeling quite relaxed and then I felt a bit of anxiety coming up and I was like oh what what's that about like why am I feeling anxious everything's okay like mm. I still have my you, you don't you don't need to rationalize it you don't need to understand it to let it go yeah. and this is yeah. again this this is this is a whole long conversation I'd be very happy to have a chat about it but you know, I think we're gonna what, have to <laughs> let's do that let's do that yes because I think that will be really helpful for, for yeah. people in the the current situation as well just understanding a little bit about that I'm not you know I'm not a, a professional Sedona method instructor or anything but I've used these techniques myself myself I've used them and actually used them literally just a few nights ago with my my youngest one that's transgender because he was uh, really very distressed uh, sort of in the early hours mm. of the morning um, and using those techniques just to set them back down trying to have a rational conversation you know whether it's a, a mid-teen as he is or whether it's a, a younger child trying to rationalize and go oh, no it's okay that's not gonna happen whatever they've got themselves so wound up that yeah, they they're yeah. not listening to ration to, to to rational stuff and yeah, when you can use yeah. this just to settle it all down very quickly and they just kind of go ah, 
and then go back to sleep or you go on with doing what you're doing yeah Yeah, I would definitely like to hear more about that and so let's definitely schedule another time to have a chat about that because it's very interesting and I think a lot of people would get a lot out of that as well so yeah yeah. but for now we're gonna have to call it a day um it's been really super fun actually Uh, it's been a pleasure conversation today I wish you a wonderful day and I want to acknowledge you for coming on the show and you didn't even know who I was from a bar of soap. So I really appreciate you. Uh, My pleasure. Yeah, and I just um, want to acknowledge you for all the things that you're up to in life and how adaptable you've been through this crisis. Like it sounds like you've got a lot on your plate and I, you know, hats off to you for everything that you're doing with your family and, you know, even just exploring your village like like you said I mean how many of us would do that so I think that's really awesome and hopefully you've inspired a lot of people today I think you have you've definitely inspired me I want to go and take a new route on my walk tonight for sure um yeah so we'll wrap up but thanks so much and I will talk to you again very very soon all right lovely you take care bye-bye you too thank you for joining the conversation today it's been my great pleasure If you'd like to share live on the show yourself, PM me on Facebook via the Whityal page, that's W-I-T-Y-A-Y-L, and tell me why you'd like to be on the show. Let's have a chat. Until next time, be safe.